Hello, everybody, and welcome to Toronto Rock Total Access. I am Mike Hancock, along with Colin Doyle. Another week of the podcast is ready to roll. We are in studio here. It's a busy week at the Toronto Rock Athletic Centre with the March Break Camp going on, which so maybe you can dive into that a little bit. What's going on here with the March Break Camp? Well, what's going on is I'm going crazy. I'm going okay. gray. I'm going <laughs> 80-something kid nuts, but it's awesome. It's always a fun time of the year. I, uh, I love... I love summer camps and March break camps. So, yeah, we're in the middle of our uh, March break camp hump day, day three tomorrow. That's always the toughest day. Everybody pretty tired coming into day three, but something we've done here now for quite a few years. So um, it's become a tradition in my family for the first year ever. I've got all three girls in it. Lila, nice. even little Lila's chipping away. So uh, it's great. We've got a lot of great campers have been here a long time. We've got some new ones, and we, have, uh, we make the best of our eight hours together. So it's a ton of fun, but... At my age, it is exhausting. So, yeah. I saw on uh, the Track Athletics Instagram story there that you were showing some of the kids some of your finer moments of your career, but it, it was there was a lot of – not a lot of it was taking place with your gloves on. Yeah, I'm not sure what an Instagram story <laughs> is, so at some point you'll have to fill me in what that is. Okay. But, yeah, I know Rosie's always poking around with this – his camera phone there and uh yeah you must be put some things together um the ki- did you just call it his camera phone I, like, i'm not from, is, okay is there another term well just like his iphone or the smartphone or his, his iphone yeah, his um, camera phone I feel his, like. his flip phone <laughs> but he's been taking a lot of video posting it i never know where it goes or who sees it but uh I'm, right. I'm glad that yeah we uh i think he some of the kids wanted one of the things I supply teach sometimes too, and if there's ever a lacrosse player in the in the class, the first thing they'll always do is, "Can we go to the computer labs?" And they'll they'll bring up the YouTube me. Yeah. And one of the things that inevitably always comes up is the fight that I had with Paul Dawson, which is I'm sure what you're alluding to. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yes. the kids the kids enjoy that. Yeah, yeah. I guess they they get a kick out of that. So they did, but uh, it, it it started uh, with me showing showing them an episode of Cribs from from many years ago. It was part of my leadership talk. I wove that in there somehow. So just uh, kind of reminding the kids of how great I was. And this isn't just about Challen and Hutch and Rosie and all these current guys. This is still about me. That's all I was doing. <laughs> you know, that Cribs episode, I think, was shot, I, I want to say, like on my second day working here. No kidding. I think. I mean, I wasn't involved in it anyway. I just remember it was like, oh, yeah, by the way. It was like second, I think my second day, maybe, or maybe even my first day. It was still a highlight. I still get a kick out of that. That was fun. Yeah. And that piece lives on. It's one of the highest viewed, I think, Toronto Rock really? pieces from the uh, yeah, Rule 101. Put Are we not shutting our phone off on this episode? <laughs> we'll try to. But it was it, one of the most highly viewed uh, videos on the Toronto Rock YouTube channel. Still well, yeah. Right up there. I still get a lot of people asking about it, so it's kind of neat, but... Uh, yeah, I remember, I don't know if I said this on on air or not, but I work with a group of uh, California kids, um, Silicon Valley kids. They have a box program out there called Calilax that I've been working with for, for many years. And one of the kids, I guess, was watching it on, on a flight, watching the Cribs episode. And when he got off the plane, he says, hey, Coach Colin, I, I watched your Cribs episode. I said, oh, yeah, what would you think? He says, I think you got a beautiful cottage. <laughs> 
<laughs> I said, well, thank you. <laughs> so, yeah, different wow. world. Yeah. It was, uh, it was good perspective. Good. It was excellent. Yeah. Anyway, that, um, we'll move on. But, yeah, camp's great. Uh, it's already been a great week. I look forward to it. And everybody's coming down on Saturday to hopefully cheer these guys on, get them back on track. Um, <clears throat> something else I just want to touch on before we go any further because – no one can see this because it's a podcast, but behind me on the television, TSN is on and earlier uh, sports center was on. And one of the, I think their one V one play right now um, is a hockey player scoring a goal from behind the net. And they're saying it's a lacrosse style goal. It's like, look at this great lacrosse style goal. And I immediately started to think, you know what? I've heard this so many times. Why don't they just put lacrosse goals on as the highlights? If it is so impressive when a hockey player scores a lacrosse style goal, if that's such an impressive thing, like I don't know. Well, one of the, I know it, they're crossing over into a different sport and yada yada, but I, I'm just thinking like throw some lacrosse goals in well, there sometimes. Well, maybe Challen or somebody can deflect one in this weekend or uh, score on a rebound and bat it in, and we'll get some love that way. But hey, look, if if that goal Jackson scored from Rochester against Georgia a couple weeks ago wasn't. Oh, the be- yeah, yeah between, between the if legs, that yeah. wasn't ever like included in a one v one or whatever the challenge yeah. is, we it will never be because I don't know that I've seen a prettier goal. Yeah, that was gorgeous. It was nice. It was nice. All right, so let's move on to uh, Toronto Rock Talk here and uh, what's been going on. A uh, tough loss for the boys in Calgary on Saturday night. A game that uh, just never seemed to get going. I think for the Toronto Rock and. It just seemed like a lot of stuff went wrong early, obviously, with a shorthanded breakaway goal by Dan McRae, uh, all the power plays for Calgary, them connecting on their advantages, the Rock struggling on the power play again. Um, Again, we'd like to start it off with just your, maybe just the top level takes on that game. And we do have to mention, too, the Rock were without Sheldon Burns and Adam Jones in that game, which... Two key guys that would be in the lineup every single night, and Jonesy, one of the uh, one head of the three-headed monster. Where were the other two heads? Also absent on the score mm. sheet. There were no monsters. The zero-headed there monster. Zero we monster. brought the vaunted zero-headed monster <laughs> to Calgary, did we? Uh, yeah, sorry. Okay, you asked my opinion. Yes, um, I did. Well, where to start? The sky is not falling they will live to see another day uh but games like these in and i don't know how many times we're going to touch on this but this is a week-to-week league and we roll from one week raving about them being the best team in the league now distinctively the bandits are that in that spot and the rock are two on some people's list three on some people's list four on some people's list where they are on my list i don't exactly know but you know in a week-to-week league well, the Rock are in trouble. In the general grand picture, the Rock had a real bad game. And my take is simple. It appears that they just weren't ready to play. Yeah, they were without Jones. They were without Burns. Uh, again, but we've talked about this many times. Depth is going to be tested. And if they're a championship caliber team, they have to win these games without them. Um, so we can make excuses or we can look at the reality. And the reality is, is to me, what sums it up is 5-1, Calgary, sorry, 4-1 Calgary, end of the first quarter. Look at the goals. Shorthanded breakaway. Palace responds on a power play. Power play goal, power play goal. One of them a a five on three, one of them a five on four. Mitch Wild unassisted on a breakaway. You can blame Rosie as much as you'd like for him having an off game, and I'm sure 
as we've alluded to, yeah. everybody can't wait. <laughs> yeah. This has been an exciting time for some of these fans. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> That's Blame Rosie. Breakaway, five-on-three quick stick to the backside. He has no chance. Power play goal, breakaway. So it just tells me, quite frankly, the team wasn't into it. They weren't ready to play. Uh, we'll get into all the reasons or all the things that you know weren't really lively. Um, their penalty kill couldn't stop their power play. Our power play couldn't score on their man down. Generally, offensively, we just didn't work to get good looks, and we settled for those outside shots. And when the outside shots aren't going, they're missing the net, and you've got a team maybe planning for it, maybe not, but they were gone on everything. And it, there were a lot of transition opportunities against, and they ran us into the ground. And I just don't love this offense when they settle for those shots, and I think uh, their unwillingness or whatever it was to get to the net and create great opportunities against the defense that, in my opinion, can be had. Uh, they settled, and it cost them. And defensively, I don't know where they were at. They just defensively, we never settled into the game. It was hard to get a good five-on-five five set, so I don't really know where that was at. But uh, like I said, they had their way with our man down. Yeah, our defense, you know, we scored some goals in transition, but really it was a, just a generally bad effort that hopefully they can roll over, turn the page, and move on. So that's my opinion. Uh, I, on the other hand, give it to Calgary. They looked they looked really, really good. They def- they played defensively to allow the outside shot, which their goalie ate up when he needed to. That was their game plan, I'm sure. And he stopped what he had to, and like I said, they ran us into the ground. And then, you know, dis- undisciplined penalties – lazy penalties and their power play was gone so that's my synopsis for what it's worth yeah I mean I I I agree with all that I mean I I think it is a case of Calgary Calgary had a really good night the Toronto Rock had a really bad night and that's kind of what it looked like on the floor was that uh you know one team was was really good and the other team was not now when you're talking about turning the page Matt Sawyer's post-game comments I thought he actually summed it up pretty nicely was he said you know you do have to turn the page but in this instance and with two losses in a row it's not one of those things you turn the page on it but you don't really forget about it you know because also you've got these injuries now that have crept into the situation here now too so while in some cases you think you know what this was a stinker you you could run the same guys right back out and say hey these guys have done this already seven times they've won this year but two key pieces Burns and Jones aren't part of that scenario right now so now you start to get into what you talked about the depth being tested now you get lineup juggling now you get uh not second guessing necessarily but try to play out every scenario of who's the right guy to plug in what's the right thing to do how do you make this team better when you don't really have your best to put on the floor potentially well, they don't have a ton of options. I mean, they put in what they had. They went to Adam Jay out the back end, and they slid in Phil Caputo out the front. And, you know, my issue with that was it seems like they really did it unwillingly. Uh, from my standpoint, you know, you didn't see either one of them really on the floor. And so I just think the three righty set, four lefty set on offense has been very, very good to them. But, look, you had an injury, and you set up differently now, and I think – they kept trying the same thing. But I think I would have liked to have seen the ball on the lefty sticks a bit more. I would have liked to have seen Dan Craig and uh, McCardle become playmakers. And I would have worked Phil in a little bit more to see what he had and say, look, we got some trust in you. Get out there, take your turn, and, and make something happen. But I didn't get the sense that was really the case. I feel like, okay, we're down a guy. We're going to ride our six. You're our extra in there. And that's fine. 
Uh, you know, but I think ultimately with depth, there has to be a, a little bit more trust. I'm not sure that that was there or not. I could, you know, it could have been just me watching the game, but I don't remember seeing either one of them a ton. And the fact of the matter is, is this isn't going to be the only injuries we faced all year or face all year. Like I said, they've got the toughest part of their schedule coming down the pipe here and they're going to see injuries. And to test your depth, you have to believe in your depth. And I didn't get that sense at all. I would have liked to seen Phil play, play a ton. I would have liked to seen McCardle carry the ball. I would have liked to seen the lefties been a bit more playmakers and see if we can, you know, it was just the game was getting away from us and we kept doing the same thing, doing the same thing. I would have liked to seen an adjustment there, to be honest with you, but it's the way it goes. Um, ultimately, you know, our best players weren't our best, but, you know, I, I still think McCardle has playmaking ability, but he needs to have the ball on his stick, and it would have been a perfect game to see what he could do because of the – um, the three and four set that we had. But here's the other name to throw at you here, Johnny Paulus. You know, here's a guy that, you know, uh, you going into that game, you thought, okay, if one of these lefties has a game, it makes it pretty interesting, I think, right? But, you know, Johnny's sitting there, and he hasn't really gone off yet this year. He's been okay in a lot of games. Do you see him maybe being able to kind of rise to the top here and being that there's opportunity here for him to now kind of become the guy on that side? Or is that is that in his makeup? Is that? I think Johnny's never been a, a go-off guy. I mean, on all the successful teams he's been on, he's been a real nice piece, yeah. which I think plays well to his suit. To be honest with you, I see more playmaking ability out of Dan Craig and I do out of Kieran McCardle. Those two guys make guys miss. And when you make guys miss, you make plays happen. So I, I see it a little differently. Johnny is the guy that can be setting picks for those guys, scoring on a chances. But Johnny doesn't have that miss mentality. Um, he just plays the game fluidly. He does what he has to do. On the winning teams that he's been on, he's been a 60 to 80-point guy, 50 to 80-point guy. Yep. Yep. But big goals when you need him and consistency. And I think that's what Johnny is. And I think that's what Johnny – he still has to get there on this team. I think he could be more consistent and have a little bit more – production no doubt about it but he's just that piece in there that can do it all um I thought this would have been a good opportunity just to see if those two lefties in particular could have made some plays and I, I believe they can and because of the success and the strength on our right side and then when Adam's in there you know we are what we are but this was a game where maybe things had to change a little bit to see if these guys could carry the load to make up for Adam not being there and make up for having that fourth righty and I mean we all think I mean everybody believes that Phil has some value here I thought that would have been a really good chance in a tough place to win to say Phil go go be something for us today and uh, help yeah. us get over this this mountain here today so yeah I mean they it uh, and, and again it wasn't a three four set that hurt this offense it was just an unwillingness to really get after it and work for things and you know so I, that was my that was my take. They just didn't have it. It looked to me from the opening face-off, they just weren't ready to go, the whole group. One positive we will draw out of things, and he's actually mentioned it while I've talked to him a little bit this week. Latrell Harris scores a goal. You said it, right? Needed more from him. Maybe he's a listener. Maybe. <laughs> Latrell, Latrezy, you listening? Yeah, I, I mean, transition was good. Yeah. But mostly when the game was out of hand, so I don't put a lot of stock into that. Um, but I think for a feel-good confidence thing for yep. him to, to get that, I think that's big because, you know, like I talked about last week about how I think he's a guy that still has got so much in the tank, so much he can still give. And, and I think 
from year one to where we are with year three with him, it was like in year one, I think there was a lot of thought that, you know, year two, year three, he was going to become this pretty, you know, impactful transition player and put more balls in the net. And this year, you know, it took him until game number 10 to get number one. So that's a bit of a surprise, I think. But I think even just a few messages that we exchanged about a couple things this week and him getting the goal this week kind of came up and he said you know that he feels great about that you know and i think he maybe he needed a little shot of yeah what can't hurt confidence right yeah it can't hurt i thought the other thing i don't think i mean rosie wasn't good again i thought there was a good opportunity there to see to put riley in i did believe that and i now are you putting him in for a breather I'm putting him in for every reason, every reason you can throw at me. I'm putting him in for all of them. I'm putting him in to get Rosie out. I'm putting him in to give him a chance. I'm putting him in to get some experience. And I'm pulling him, putting him in to send the team a message. All those reasons I'm doing it because just the flow of the game, the way it was going, I just thought, like, if not now, when? Really, I I did believe that. I just said, put him in, uh, see how the team responds to it. Uh, see how he responds to it, see how Nick responds to it. I just think all those things, it was just, it's not a concern of mine by any stretch, but, you know, you wonder about your depth even yeah. more. And, and that's all. Like like I said, the kind of unwillingness to give those guys a lot of floor time and the unwillingness to give him a look, I just say, well, you know, like, you know, if you're going to if you're gonna win this thing, you're going to need all hands on deck at some point. So that's... Another good chance, I think, for Riley to get some minutes to see, well, let's see where this goes. And listener retention is very important. And We know who number one is. <laughs> That's right. We got guys spinning around. Yep, you can throw that in there, Mr. Thornbert. We got there's a lot of action going on here at the track here while we're uh, throwing down the podcast. And uh, oh, the boss walking by, too. There's a lot going on. Oh, everybody's going into my office. I don't it, know why because I'm not in there, but – it's a Tuesday night. Uh, just to give people some perspective here, it's a Tuesday night. Practice is about to kick off. I brought all my equipment. It's in the car. <laughs> Again, just waiting to see. You got uh, one in you this week? I'm going to put my gear on and wait by the glass and see if something happens. <laughs> and we'll just leave it at that. All right. Hey, okay. To close this thing out, Yep. we have a problem. They go and spit one out this weekend. We have a problem. Yes, because things come become real tight with what's on the schedule the following weekend. Two road games back against to back two good teams. Georgia Buffalo. So if the boys, if this team, <laughs> I think my back's getting tight. Here. <laughs> all those be- you guys, all listeners, you remember those beautiful storylines oh, Mikey had? Because I, I remember them, and I know how nice they were. But I thought I recall myself saying, oh, let's put this thing. If we win this one and this one and this one, then we're going to be 3-0 and in the last three weeks. And if we score first in Calgary, we would have won. But we didn't. We might have. We let Christian See? Del Bianco get comfortable. And we let him get comfortable. <laughs> that was the problem. So the sky isn't falling. <laughs> They'll rebound. I hope they'll put one on Rochester this weekend at home. And then, you know, you look ahead. But the worst thing they can do is look ahead to that deadly weekend and yeah. look past this. I think it's a gigantic mistake because, yeah, it's not Rochester that we know coming in. It's kind of a scrap bit part, but, yep. you know, you just don't want to lose this game. So I'm sure they know it, and I'm sure that'll be the message from the coaches, and I'm sure they'll be ready to play. I do believe so. 
Okay, we'll take a short break here uh, on the podcast, and uh, we'll be back with more in just a moment. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle. We're now joined by Toronto Rock head coach Matt Sawyer. Matty, how you doing? I'm good. Thanks for having me, guys. All right. Well, I think we did. We make some kind of a joke the last time about Matty was only coming on after wins. Doesn't appear that it's a joke today. Well, no. <laughs> <laughs> I had enough of the uh, appearances Maybe after uh, lo- losses yeah. last year, so. <laughs> Uh, got a few in the bank. All right, so here we are. We're in a situation where the team has now lost two games in a row, one game that slipped away, and then one that was not so pretty on Saturday night in Calgary. Um, you know, if you're taking the temperature, I guess, of the situation right now around the team and going into this weekend, how are you kind of feeling about things right now after Saturday night's loss? Well, um, you know, obviously you can't be happy with the uh, the performance we put out there against uh, Calgary, and, um, you know... Uh, uh, I'm sure everybody in the uh, in the room and on the team feels the same way. So, um, you know, we, we started uh, started well, and a lot's been uh, been made of that, right? And and at some point, you're going to hit some uh, some adversity and and um, some tough times, and and that's when you uh, when you find out about yourself uh, as an individual and and also about a team. So, um, you know, looking forward to see how uh, how we respond. But um, you know, the game that we uh, Played in Calgary was the uh, the furthest thing from the type of game we had to play to get a win on the road uh, in this league. Now we talked about in the first segment, or I posed this question, kind of Colin, with the injuries and and the guys who already went in the lineup on Saturday night, and then you end up with a loss at the end of the night, and you know you chances are you know maybe Burns and Jones aren't ready to go again, so you can't kind of run out the the group that won you seven games here. So now you have to tap into the depth of this team. And how much does this become a game of, of chess with moving the lineup around and finding the right pieces? Or do you go back with what you thought was the best on Saturday night when you went into that game, but things didn't work out? Where where are you at right now in terms of kind of the roster and those pieces and, and going in and out of the lineup? Well, um, you know, Jones and, and Burns, um, you know, they won't be back. And, um, you know, there's a chance they're not back anytime soon. So... Uh, that's why you have a team and that's why you uh, you know you have um, um, guys that have been with us all year and and they're going to be given an opportunity and and uh, you know you're speaking of uh, Adam and Phil that were given that opportunity in Calgary and uh, you know there's not a, uh, uh, a lot of guys sitting in the wings your your roster is limited so um, you know um, you're forced to call on them we're comfortable with that and and uh, you know, as a team and teammates, you have to. Uh, uh, the disappointing uh, thing was not so much the loss, was our performance. And and you're speaking of uh, uh, two guys who have been great teammates all year. Uh, they've been working hard. They've been waiting for their opportunity. It's disappointing that we couldn't go in there and uh, um, you know give a better performance to support those two. So yeah, and by no means am I trying to pin a loss or anything on two guys that go into the lineup necessarily, but just that mix. And then you start to look for. You know, I think uh, sometimes some answers, just a different mix. Right? Well, for sure. We'll we'll look at it, and um, you know, we'll uh, uh, you know, I don't think we can just uh, uh, not do anything with what happened in Calgary, and um, you know, we'll come up with uh, what we feel is the best lineup against Rochester, and um, you know, I think we could use a shot in the arm, and and if we can find that, we will. Offensively, does does ha- dressing the four righties, which is really the only choice you have with what the roster looks like, does it? 
Do you give any consideration to changing the dynamic of the offense and letting the ball sit in the lefty's hands a little bit more and going to a like two-man lefty look a little bit more often? Yeah, well, um, you know, just with the seven guys up there and the, the three lefties uh, versus the four last game, you know, that, that happens um, – you know, uh, by default, right? Because the majority of the time, probably about 60%, they're out there weak side at least. 60% is probably low. So, you know, that was an emphasis. Uh, we felt that uh, potentially it was going to uh, give a guy like uh, Kieran and uh, Dan a little bit more opportunity to handle the ball over there and, and um, you know, maybe open up some space from them. What you're dealing with there is, uh, you know, two of our, um, uh, I guess, better offensive players are two of our guys that we, we really count on to produce and, and Tom and Robbie. You know they're used to having the stick in or the ball in their stick the majority of the time so uh you're asking them to adjust their game a little bit up front as well as uh, as well as other guys and obviously the result uh, uh it wasn't pretty with what uh, what happened in uh, in calgary so we'll look at that and um you know our emphasis is on um you know trying to uh to put uh, tom and robbie in in some space and and if you can get them out there on the weak side more often uh, uh, you know it seems to uh uh, their production seems to be better so um, you know that's uh, that stuff that you, you're dealt those hands right and you you need to adjust you need to adjust on the fly whether it be in the season or in game and uh, we certainly didn't do a good job as a, as a team and as an offense doing that in Calgary so you got to look at it and um, figure out a way to be better yeah I, I think you know I for those that you know don't know all the intricacies of this it's it you know you could still go two rights, three lefts every shift and just have two two rights sitting on the bench. But the, the reality is, is those three lefts get tired. And, you know, it's it's as much as you think, you know, if you're a fan looking at this, well, why don't they just stick with it and have an extra righty? You know, it's near impossible for those lefties to manage those minutes. Um, so I think that's difficult. But I think I, I, like you, think that Dan Craig and Kieran can be playmakers with the ball. And like you said, when, when you're faced with a situation like this, inevitably now over the next few weeks they may have to become that and those righties that aren't used to doing you know off ball work may have to find a way to make this work so um obviously it's it's not a question not anything i i expect you to answer but this is an adjustment that you know you guys as well as every other team in the league as soon as one one key piece goes down this is what everybody's faced and it's not a simple X's and O's, move a guy in, move a guy out. And I think the dynamic, it showed against Calgary, but I think it was beyond who was dressed and where they were playing. It was a lot more that went into that. But, yeah, I think, you know, my opinion would be there's going to be an adjustment there, but I do think those lefties are capable. And and I guess I'll ask you the question. You've kind of already answered. You feel comfortable with those guys with the ball in their stick? Oh, for sure we do. Um, you know, and, and even when, when we have Adam and we have the, the four lefts, right, the ball is in their stick at times. It's just they're given more opportunity. Um, I guess what I'm saying there is, you know, so you're asking, um, you know, Dan and, and uh, Kieran, uh, if we're going back to the game against Calgary, to play with the ball a little bit more. But you're also taking uh, Tom and Robbie out of their comfort zone. And, um but that is something that they have to deal with and they have to figure out on their own. And even when we are weak side right, and you would know, I, I was, uh, would have been saying the same thing to you when you play like, as a coach or, or a coaching staff and, and you're uh, dealing with offensive guys, you're forever trying to convince them that, uh, you know, work without the ball. Um, you know, when Tom, Robbie, uh, yourself, when you played Kieran, whoever it is, wh when you have the ball, you got one defender on you and you got help always looking to slide too. So 
So um, if you beat your one guy, usually there's another one waiting for you. I'm a big believer that the easiest way to get opportunities is to work without the ball. That's the only time you're truly one-on-one. Slash to the net, slash to the dirty areas, change up your game. Don't just rely on the outside shots and, and go to work when the ball's in your stick. So it's an adjustment for everyone, and, and um, you know, uh, you're constantly battling that as a, as a coach. And I'm sure the adjustment on the power play is no different. I mean, this is quite a big piece you take out of your power play. And, again, the pieces are there to have a great power play. There's no question about that. But it changes something. And sometimes it's just an off game. Sometimes it's a game to adjust for everybody. And sometimes you roll with it. And sometimes you don't get it back. So, obviously, you know, the mindset for you guys is, well, we got to go back and bang this out. And we're going to look a little different. But we can still get the same results. Um, so, I, I, I'm really curious – just from a fan's perspective to see how everything plays out here because if Adam is out an extended period of time the offense that was so dynamic for so long all of a sudden looks much different so great teams like you said got to get through this I think the team will but like again alluding to what you've said I think it's going to be interesting to watch people take on different roles even slightly to, to get through this till Adam can get back healthy well, you find out about yourself, right. right? And, um, you know, it's, uh, I said at the front, you know, a little bit of adversity here and, and, uh, um, take sports away from it. And just in your everyday life, when you're feeling good about things and everything's clicking, you know, it, it's real good or it's real easy. Um, you know, so, uh, you know, um, from a lacrosse standpoint and, and an offensive standpoint, okay, everything's clicking and balls are falling. It's real good to feel uh, good about yourself. You know, the true test is, you know, sometimes that night when uh, as an offensive guy, when when you uh, you go one and three and you get that one late, sometimes that game is prettier than than when you go off and drop five or six because everything was clicking early on, right? So um, you, you need to find a way to be productive when you're not feeling your best or maybe you're not at your best and and um you know that's uh, that's constantly a challenge and and it's something that we failed as a team uh, uh against calgary um in not discounting it at all and uh, you know we need to look at it and you just can't turn the page but um you know we we need to stick together here um you know the sky isn't falling and uh as a group and as a team you need to stick together and it's important that we have a good performance uh the result you can't control but you can control your performance and i know that's cliche but it's the truth Oh, I agreed. Uh, did you, one more, Mike, if you don't mind. Yeah, fire away. Did Did you get a sense at all? Because me watching the game from my living room, uh, obviously, is drastically different than where you sit. I got the sense, and uh, Mike and I spoke about this earlier, just the way the game started. Breakaway, five on three, five on four, breakaway. I get the sense this team just was not ready to play. So, I have a, you know, the question I have for you, did you get a sense about that at all? Uh, did you get that sense during the day? Did you get it before the game? Did you have a sense that it was going to be one of these games, or did you think, okay, status quo, we're ready to go, and they just had a bad night? Not necessarily specifically about that night there in uh, Calgary, but it's been something that, uh, you know, and as a coach you're always worrying about everything. But um, really uh, for me, um, it started in the game at home against uh, San Diego. Um, I thought that uh, we were, um, I don't want to say lucky, but we were fortunate to come out of that game with a win. It wasn't uh, um, the performance that, uh, that we were uh, used to and that carried over into uh, the New England game where we played a real good second quarter. Um, but we're not good in the first and uh, uh, first quarter or the third and fourth and and you know so this has uh, been something that's kind of been uh, um, coming here and and uh, you know maybe it's a, a good eye-opener for us uh, we're feeling real good about ourselves 
and uh, we should feel good about what we have here and about what our potential is but uh, maybe this is a reminder that we're nothing if we don't go in and put the work in and and um, you know play the game that we need to play and, and what you're talking about there at the start of the uh, uh, the Calgary game, that's what I mean when I say, you know, it's the furthest thing from the type of game we need to play to win on the road. We were terrible in special teams, um, both uh, power play and our short man. Um, offensively, we couldn't create much, and we let them dictate where our shots were going to come from. So not only did we do that, but we also let them run on us and run the ball down our throat. So really, we didn't even give ourselves uh, an opportunity there. So that's the most disappointing part. I know this group, I know the group in that uh, room, and, and uh, you know, we're confident that, uh, that uh, we'll be better moving forward, but um, you know, it's a long season yet. Yeah, I love that word settled. I think to me that, that epitomizes the, the, just what the offense was, and you know as well as anybody, when you're settling for those shots and they're missing the net, and a team that can run like that, seven out of ten times it turns into transition against, and that's just not what you guys are. It's not what you've been. Mm -hmm. uh, when you have bad nights, you see that, so... I'm with you. Let's get this thing turned around. Have a great outing on Saturday. All right, Maddie. I think that about covers everything, except for, you know what, I did want to ask you. We'll finish on maybe a slightly lighter topic. That was uh, light. Okay. Uh, March break. What's going on? Were you doing anything March break other than getting ready for the game Saturday? But <laughs> uh, no, not a lot. No. You know, um, no, I ha have another job, so I work yeah. that uh, through the week. But uh, I did have the last couple of days off with the uh, with the kids and enjoying uh, beautiful Bellwood, Ontario, there and running oh, around uh, running around outside. It's nice to see the warm weather coming a little bit, but uh, not too much. Uh, yeah. Um, really, it's, uh, it's lacrosse and work during the season. Be a good time to be around the store in Orangeville, I bet. This must be the best time of year. Everybody starts coming in to get their gear. You start to get the lacrosse buzz going. Hockey starts to slow down. And really, that town's all about it, right? So you must see it firsthand. Everybody getting in, getting ready for another year. Certainly our, uh, our favorite time of the year there, that's for sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know, we dabble in hockey, but uh, yeah. we're pro lacrosse there. All right. Okay, Maddie. Well, thanks a lot for joining us. And uh, obviously, down, best man. of luck this weekend. Thanks, Maddie. Thanks. Look forward to it. All right. Time for another short break here on now. Toronto Rock Total Access, and we'll be back in a moment. Yeah. Check it out now. No doubt. Yeah. Welcome back to Toronto Rock Total Access. Mike Hancock and Colin Doyle here to uh, wrap up this week's podcast. It's been a uh, spirited one here. A lot of discussion about uh, what happened in Calgary. A lot of takes uh, from all sides of things, and thanks for... Uh, Thanks to Maddie Sawyer for joining us here as well. But before we uh, dive back into the Toronto Rock, because I know we could probably talk forever about all this stuff, but uh, the trade deadline went down and Rochester made every trade. Uh, <laughs> that's the short recap of the trade deadline. Uh, but I think this goes back to what I kind of tried to bring up but was kind of shot down by everybody on the show last week about just how – the landscape might actually be starting to change where you've got teams that are going to actually sell off at the deadline and try to rebuild and, and almost do it in a what's now become a more traditional sports sense where before you could just go out and in the offseason maybe make one trade, sign a couple free agents, and boom, you kind of got a whole new looking team. I mean, The Rock kind of did that a couple of years ago when they brought in Schreiber and all the, took a chance on guys like Reed Reinhold and, and hit on a couple guys in the draft, obviously, with Challen and Latrell and whatnot. Like, boom, suddenly you had, uh, you know, they re rebuilt the core and didn't do it with one or two guys, but like six or seven guys came in here and, and gave this team a, a brand new look. And uh, 
I don't know if Rochester is going to be so lucky, so to speak, uh, with some of the moves that they made, but um, we saw a true sell-off at the trade deadline here. Was there any deal that they made that stuck out to you that was going to be impactful maybe in the short term versus the long term with all the picks they For Rochester? Yeah. No. Okay. No, I don't. But the only impact, I think, of any of those trades, in my opinion, is the Reds' terrorist trade. New England, New England filled the void yep. for now while uh, Crawford suspend and I think beyond. I think that's a nice addition. I yeah. do. Um, I think that's the biggest – I would say the biggest piece of this trade. You can argue that Campbell will help the depth of Saskatchewan that is in need, you know, probably have some defensive depth and some veteran stuff out there. But I think the Resiteris deal is the only one that really rings true. Um, you know, you can argue that bringing Benesh in is an upgrade on the on the stat sheet. You know, you can argue yeah. that, I guess. But, yeah. you know, if Colorado is willing to deal their top scorer, there's got to be more to it. Um, so, no, I don't and, – and, and if I understand it correctly, how many guys can they protect next year? Well, it'll be the same as which this is past what? year, which was 10 players, so 5-0, 5-D, and a goalie. So do they protect Benasha, or do they just let him – like, what – This expansion draft, I think, is going to be more interesting than the one that just went down, especially the fact that you can't make any more deals between the end of the season and the expansion draft this time around, too. So – yeah, I, you could start pegging things right now as to who's who's staying and going. Whereas we had a little bit of movement last year, and now, you know, one year removed from that, we have a bit of a different look. I think going into the next expansion draft, and I think that was again dictated at the at the trade deadline with what Rochester slash or old Rochester New Halifax kind of did here. And I yeah. don't know. I don't know how much geography played into this and, and all those other things, too. And some of these guys are UFAs as well. So, again, going into true rental situations. And um, I don't know. But I think it I think it represented a bit of a change in the landscape of how, how some teams are going to be run and how some teams are going to look at their fortunes here. But it's not going to be easy to rebuild. No, it's not. It is not. Regardless of, of maybe what I'm saying is a bit of a change of philosophy, but it, it is not going to be easy because – it's just the the depth, the talent pool, I don't think is quite there on the high-end side to just replenish as quickly as maybe you'd like. Especially when you need to replenish the goalie position. That, yes. my friends, is going to be tough, as evident in Rochester this year. So... D- did any of the trades have impact? I don't think so. Reza Terrace might... Might make them better, yeah, uh, and might get them through this mess they're in. But no, I don't see a, a ton, a ton there. Did you? And no, I think even when you're talking about Resetera, it's how it's. We were talking about all the big names. I think a few weeks ago, yeah. we've gone through New England. All these top guys. Crowley comes in. He goes out. Evie comes in. He goes out. And now it's like, and now suddenly they got another guy who just scored 100 points last year. The first time an American has ever scored over 100 points in this league. Joey Resiteritz, and then... He scored 100 points last year? Yeah, he was just over... I think he was 104, something like that last year. My goodness. Yeah. He's a good player. I think he's going to help them a lot. I, I really do. I just think he's... He fits in anywhere. He's not a guy that demands the ball. He's not a guy that needs the ball. He just does everything. So yeah. I, I I, think that's a good move by them um, to pick him up. Uh, you know, was it steep? What they give up for him? There was a first and a second, I believe. They paid for it. 
Yeah. And they may not even keep them past this year if the draft works out the way it might. So they think they're in it. They think they stand a chance to win this thing. So good on them for making the move. I think it'll help. And, yeah, I don't know. I, Rochester's just trying to stockpile things. But you said there's no guarantee. The Rock hit on virtually everything one year, and they were able to do yeah. it. But uh, it's not going to be easy. Rebuild, like you said, rebuilding in this thing's not going to be easy. And two things, star power and goaltending, are just going to be so hard to come by. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting. Uh, the East Division tightened up a little bit over the weekend. Yes, it did. <laughs> a little bit or a lot. Uh, Buffalo's got those nice 10 wins sitting on top of the pile right now. Yeah, Buffalo got away with one in Philly, and then they got their butts handed to them Saturday. So. Yeah, I didn't watch all – did you watch much of that game? I, I watched bits and pieces of it, but I watched how the end – I watched the end of the game and how it unfolded, and I was like – Yeah, Friday night how? I watched them play Philly. Yeah, Philly's yeah. – they just can't close these things out. Played really well. They really did. Like I haven't given them their due. to win. Yes, they were the better like team. 100% deserved to win, I thought. And just as it was happening, you'd just be like, oh, my God, what what are these guys thinking? Like all over again, mm-hmm. again and again and again, that these games are slipping away. And Yeah, you don't get those back. But, you know, we, we discussed that move they made some time ago for Kluche, and They're a different team. I think they're a better team. Yeah. I really do. Um, it's still early, but... Yeah, uh, they played much better. They looked much better. They should have beat Buffalo. Buffalo could have come out of their own, too. And, and again, the script changes for them over one weekend. It's yeah. crazy to think. But they were unimpressive in one win, and they got spanked in another. And now, oh, well, George is the best team in the East again. We will not know the answer to this. We'll keep talking about it. But we just don't know the answer. And I think the matchup in the first round will, will have an effect on things. I, I really do think that, and I don't think The Rock can look past this weekend, but they got a daunting task the next one with the doubleheader on the road, and if they're not careful, they could be right back into the right back into the fold here, which you know, which doesn't bode, bode well. So we'll see what happens. Certainly a lot, a lot tighter. Georgia's still a very good team, and New England has proved to be a good team too, and this is going to be interesting. It should make for great lacrosse, but the, I would – be with you in the fact that the East is the far better division this year, and we should be in for a great yeah. finish. Yeah. Did you win on your roll up the rim? I won the right to play again. <laughs> Stole that from uh, my from my father-in-law. I like that oh, one. That is a good one. Uh, I, I, you know what? I do drink more coffee now that that there's a little bit of gambling in it. That's good. Hats off, Tim Hortons. <laughs> well played. Uh, so let's look past this weekend. Say the right, even though you don't want <laughs> Whatever to. you do, don't look past this weekend. Mike's next let's, sentence. Let's, let's look past let's this listen. weekend. So hypothetically speaking, the Rock get this game this weekend. You're going into the back-to-back Georgia Friday night. The old Georgia-Buffalo back-to-back, right? Eh? <laughs> the old, yeah. <laughs> Why not? Um, which, if you got to pick one, which is the game you got to have that weekend? Oh, it's always the first one. It's always the first one. Just because it's the first? It's or? the first one. You give everything you've got. You you know, you know you don't worry about anything else. You prepare for the first game. You don't put an ounce of preparation into the second. You prepare. You go to win the first game, and then you're playing with the house's money on the second end of the back end of the back-to-back. That's the way I always looked at it. Most of the people I played with looked at it the same way. You know, generally – So opponent and doesn't standings – Doesn't matter. Going into the weekend does not play a factor, and so – because the minute you look past the first game, you're likely going <laughs> to lose it. 
and then you're going 0 and 1 into well, we're a We're already looking way past the first. This is what we do here. We look well, sorry, this is what Mike does on this podcast. Just looks past everything and say, "Well, you know, what if you're playing um, for first place on Friday, but you know, I you know, we never I never looked at things that way. You've got to win that first game. Yeah. Maybe it takes the pressure off. You know, uh, losing can do incredible things to the mind and um you know, we felt like they should have won that game in New England. We were like, no big deal. They'll rebound. Then they go, you know, piss one away here last weekend in a very ugly fashion. Yeah. The mind starts to do weird things to you. And in a back-to-back, if you lose that first one, you just, all you can think about, well, what happens if we lose this one too? Yeah. So I, I always said take the first one. Okay. Um, anything else we got to talk about here? We had some big news last week. With what? Toronto Rock announcing that on Friday, April the 12th, the team will retire the uh, jersey of Jim Veltman, which we'll uh, talk about in a little more depth in future episodes of the show. But uh, we do also have the big one coming up here on Saturday night, most importantly, not looking ahead too far, as Colin does not Those kind of things do. you can look ahead to, okay. Mike. I have All no right, problem with enough. that. Okay. But we got the big charity night coming up on Saturday night. Uh, you can register online, torontorock.com slash auction, and get your uh, bidder number and all that kind of stuff set up. And you can head right down to the floor after the game and bid on your favorite player's jersey and get it right off his back. I love this night. Always have. And, you know, I was never a huge fan of sticking long after games. I mean, you can attest to that. I was going to say, so which was your favorite, autograph night or jersey You know the answer night? to that question. I liked this night. I hated it after a loss. I hated it after a loss. Oh. It was super tough. But it is for a fantastic cause. I've seen firsthand uh, what the effects Milezone has on, on kids yeah. in tough yep. situations. I've seen it. Uh, I think it's a great great concept uh the fact that you can support the rock support smile zone and you know peel off the the jersey of uh of one of your favorite players i think it's fantastic i love it i hope they get a win the vibe is good and like matt said they play well uh let's hope they get the result and let's hope they raise some money for a great cause and i've seen the jerseys up here they're awesome um what Yes, <laughs> they are awesome. Um, oh, there's Tim Large. <laughs> busy Tuesday of, night. Anyways, uh, so here's an idea we've been kicking around, Colin, is that maybe we're going to have some alumni come back and join us on autograph night. Would you be interested in <laughs> Just with how busy everything is, it would be tough to get there, but uh, <laughs> yeah, that wasn't my favorite, was it, Mike? Uh, I didn't mean to give you You did a- enjoy it. You, always, you, you did enjoy it, but I know I always got, you know, yeah, so I got a few. Did I enjoy for it? Some reason, I think you enjoyed it. I think maybe you enjoyed giving maybe me a hard time or some of the other people. I think those were those nights where you really enjoyed kind of like that could be <laughs> some of those death stares that I would get on the. Well, when you look really up and the line is never ending, people here. <laughs> which can't. we should not be complaining about. Those I were know, the heydays. I, I loved it. I love that you're. It right. is a great event. I I do. It is something. I mean, there's so many fans that look forward to it, and it, and it is awesome. And uh, you know, we only do it once a year, and the fans support it in such a huge way and it is great and and all kidding aside on the alumni thing when we did do the alumni autograph signing uh what would have been maybe four years ago i'd say three or four years ago yeah because you were still playing right you weren't involved in that yeah but i remember seeing them all there it was it was awesome like they were the fans were lined up 
like pregame we did pregame right so it was uh it was very well received and, and well attended and uh and most of all the thing that i really liked about it was how much the guys liked getting back together again yeah, I got that sense, too, speaking with them that night. They really loved it. Smiles yeah. all the way across. It was and great. And just being on the email chains with the guys. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> they all could. They were just, they just loved it. They lo- Everybody ate it up so much. And Flipper, I imagine, the most. He was Phil very Sanderson. active on that. Yeah, yeah I can yeah, imagine. He was, there was a few guys that were pretty active. Phil was probably right at the uh, top of the <laughs> list there on uh, the reply all. The well, reply we have some great all. alumni. Yeah. Hopefully, we'll get to do it again. And then That'd be you get great. to participate in that one. And it's a pregame autograph session, so it's only going to be maximum an hour. And then you get to watch the game. And then you get to play at halftime if we do it the way we did it before. Are, are you selling me on this right now? Is that what this is? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know how we went down this road, but. We're here. Sounds like I am selling you on it. I'll yeah. wait for the email chain, I guess. It was great. Drew Candy came out. He had the candy, candy in his stick, threw it into the crowd. Well, look at that. <laughs> it was great. Candyman scored a big goal for us in the 03 final. It was good. I think Phil Sanderson took out a phone on the floor and took a selfie with him and Patty Campbell during the game. You don't pass up those opportunities. Oh, that was great. Well, I'm was happy great to hear night. it went well. Great night. Anyway, so I know we're reminiscing about We're it. off. Yeah, we're yeah. off topic. Okay, well, we got uh, practice going on outside here uh, as we're finishing up the show, so we're going to uh, probably take in a little bit of that. And uh, remember, tell a friend, tell a uh, family member, tell somebody. Listen to the podcast every week here, and uh, we have a great time bringing it to you. So uh, hopefully you're enjoying it and appreciate any feedback and all that kind of stuff. So unless you got anything else to add, Colin? I don't. I look forward all to right. revisiting this next week, and I look even more so forward to revisiting it two weeks from now so this could be great can't yeah, wait see you guys in a big, few see you next week big stretch coming up all right so for colin doyle i'm mike hancock saying in the meantime and in between time that's it another edition of toronto rock total access is over and done with we will chat next week